Welcome to Level 7, Episode 125. It's a comics episode, S.H.I.E.L.D., number 11. Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., number 1. Agents of Atlas, number 1. And Karnak, number 1. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Ah, hello, agents. It's Dandy Daniel Butcher here. And he's here with beautiful Ben Avery. Introduce yourself. Hi. I'm Ben. Wow, you seem super excited. Well, not exactly a big fan of the way you just introduced me. I mean, I understand and recognize brave the fact ben? that I am beautiful. But, yeah. Would, would you like brave Ben? Mm. Audacious Ben? Let's just go with Ben. Body Ben? Just Ben. All right, just Ben. Just Ben. Ben, let's talk about some comics. Ah, yes, let's do. Let's no, do. No intelligence report. No, no field. No field report. No. Yeah. Do I even, no do I even need to play the sounder if we're just going to be talking about our subject? I don't remember. I, I feel better if you play it. Okay. Here we go. Mission report. Four Ooh. comics, Daniel. Yeah, and three number ones. One of them's a one-shot. Well, one of them, yeah. It's definitely a one-shot. Yeah, I almost felt bad calling it Agents of Atlas number one. I almost felt like I needed to call it Agents of Atlas Secret Wars number one. So, well, it is Just a because there was an Agents of Atlas series before with that numbering. Yeah. So. so, let's see. Should we start with S.H.I.E.L.D.? Should I do that so you can talk and talk about your monsters? Well, I think I should do... Well, it depends. Do you want to talk about Agents of Atlas? I mean, we've got four titles, so I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I I'm definitely taking Agents Howling Commandos. You want Agents of Atlas, so I'll, I yeah. should probably take this one because you have Karnak, right? Yeah, that's right. You yeah. didn't really read Karnak. Yeah, not all that interesting to me, and I'll explain right. why. But and, and, and plus, let's be honest, but this one, this is the one that I'll – well, you'll just turn your mic off at some point. <laughs> yeah, I – I've got a, I've got re, I've got some thoughts here. I've got some thoughts. This uh, issue is called Fortune's Favor. It's written by Mark Wade, as the whole s- series has been. Uh, the artist is Howard Chaikin, and the colorist is Edgar Delgado. And the letterer is Joe Caramagna. And beyond that, we have our you know your editors and that kind of thing. But as usual, this is the Agents of Shield. In this case, Jess Coulson, pretty much teaming up with a character from the Marvel Universe or a group from the Marvel Universe. And this character is Dominic Fortune. Now, Dominic Fortune is an adventurer who was created by Howard Chaikin and actually was created because he had a character named Scorpion who was published by Atlas Seaboard, which is one of those companies that had a very short run in the 70s. And I own these issues of Scorpion. I have not read them. And I also have not tried to read anything else about Dominic Fortune. I just went into this issue knowing this was a character uh, who was basically a, a James Bond 
type of, of character only wearing a superhero looking costume and created by Dominic or created by Howard Chaikin. So this is Howard Chaikin returning to the character on the art side anyway. And he is a early part of shield's history. He is not recognized by the rest of shield. However, Colson recognizes him and is embarrassed by the way he is treated because he is, he fought for their, he's not, I don't know if he was an early member of shield, but he is definitely a part of the history of what shield's mission was. Which he, was fighting he's part for of that freedom. Part of that fury senior generation. Yeah. And, Nick Fury, and that really Steve Rogers, Peggy Carter, and he is a part of that grouping of, of freedom fighters, basically, which this Colson like on TV is nostalgic for this group. He is. And he has a mission that he needs Colson's help on. And that is to get back his riverboat, which he has lost because of some indiscretions that he had with a younger woman who was able to cause him to lose his boat and some gambling stuff is going on and Hydra is involved in the gambling stuff that's going on. And Coulson goes on the mission with Dominic and they actually don't get along as well as, as Coulson was maybe hoping, but I'm not going to get into the ending. There is a twist ending like most of the, most of these comics has, but it becomes a thing about aging and youth and nostalgia and nostalgia. And along with that, I have a feeling that it's almost like Mark Wade is writing about Dominic fortune, but he's also writing about some of the old comic guard as far as like who Howard Chaikin is, who, you know, Howard Chaikin in the seventies and eighties, he had some really great work. He also had some really poor work that I didn't like at all, but he is one of those people who can be pointed at as a, an innovator and a master of, of the comic book sequential storytelling. And yeah, the question is, does it show up here? <laughs> is this masterful storytelling? Do, do you want me to answer that question? I, I don't care if you answer it or not. Cause I have my own answer and I think it's the same as yours. And, and my answer is me. Yeah, me too. Hey, this story is pretty tame. It's really not that interesting. It's, it's just kind of meh. It's not really doing it for me. Um, now, I'm someone who, as you know, came into this re- with some preconceptions, which were completely met. So, Yeah, you hate Howard Chaikin. Well, I wouldn't say that I hate Howard Chaikin. I mean, yeah, I think you would. Hate's a strong word. Uh, perhaps despise, dislike. Th- those seem like words that would fit how yeah. I feel about Mr. Shaken's work. Um, because just, I find it boring. I wow. Read, Did I say that out loud? I read this comic and I just feel like the Colson Shaken or the, the Colson Dominic matchup is, is like the Mark Wade, uh, Howard Chaikin mashup. Uh, they they don't get along, and I uh, and this guy, this old hero, he's not able to do what he used to be able to do. And, and thank goodness, one has white hair and one has dark hair, so you can tell them apart. Yeah, I I have. Yeah, it's so one of my issues with Howard Chaikin is, is, and again, I I know that there's probably 
agents out there that love Howard Shaken. But for me, every character that Howard Shaken draws looks like every other character that Howard Shaken draws. And I have real issues when I can't tell the difference between heroes and characters. I mean, this Coulson looks like the Nick Fury from Avengers 59 or what the, no, the Avengers 1950 not. did, no. which are both, well, to be blunt, a hot mess of ugly. I'll just say this is not – I mean I call him a master of sequential t- storytelling. I call him an innovator and I call him you know, one of you know, the greats. It's not on display here in this issue. I just don't feel it. And, and, and I feel like it's kind of then – like I said, it, it ties into the idea of Dominic Fortune is an old aging hero who uh, – isn't able to do what he used to be able to do. And that's the kind of the feeling I get here. This was not an enjoyable read for me. And well, it was not an enjoyable read for me. Wait, would you like me to continue to go on on why? <laughs> if you want, I mean, do you need to? Um, story. Well, it's a liar. The comic's a liar. What do you mean? Well, we got a cover that makes it look like Gemma and Maze in it. Yeah, well, Colson's the only one in it. That's not Shaken's cover. I know it's not Shaken's cover, but you know, it still didn't put me in a good mood. Well, the cover itself does not. I I don't mind when something is on the cover that doesn't happen within the book, as long as it emotionally or thematically or Ooh, uh, good word ties in, and it, it doesn't. It doesn't tie in. You have a young Dominic Fortune who seems to be putting the moves on Simmons and May or something has tried to, and Simmons has slapped him and you get into the book and it's an old Dominic fortune who the whole time. And I kept expecting him to do some sort of like fountain of youth. You know what really would have made this comic work with that cover would be like a romance sort of story. A classic Marvel romance that a little bit superhero-y in there, a little bit of shield, maybe a little tongue-in-cheek. Well, there's some romance going agents. on, but this is – you know, this – I'll tell you exactly what this is. This is live and let die. Not story-wise, but this is Roger Moore too old to be doing the things he's doing in that movie. But he's – that's that's happening with Dominic Fortune and that's, I feel like, what's happening with, with Chaikin. And I, I I just don't know what it is. I just wish that the art told the story and engaged me and even Lola. Oh, Coulson's so ugly. <sighs> I, I don't want to – I don't want to be too negative for too long. Daniel, if you want I, to, I, I, go ahead. But I'm I'm gonna stop there, and I I don't like talking bad about people in this industry anyway, um, so I I, I avoid it somewhat. But. Well, any yeah. so I mean, if Howard Shagan was to come to my town and would sign this comic for free, I'd probably let him. I mean, again, I, I'll give him respect for being a master, a legend. In this of comics, but again, everything that I read just hey, I've said the same about Kirby. You've heard me say the same about Kirby. Basically, the same complaints. People all look the same and they're ugly. 
you know. But do you have anything new to add to, to what we have, what we've already I, said? I do. I do wonder how much story input Shankin did give, especially when you talk about Fortune being his creation. Just because, like the Bob's Feller speech uh, that will come out in here in the dialogue, I wonder if that is actually Shankin's thoughts and not Wade's thoughts. Because I, you know, would Wade really feel nostalgic for Bob Feller? Or instead, would he feel nostalgic for someone like Reggie Jackson? You know, it it just it seemed like a shaken hero versus a Wade hero. Well, let's move on, Daniel. I, I will say, I hope this is nobody's ever first Shield comic. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. It's kind of an obscure character, too. And it's not a character who's really front and center anywhere, like Ms. Marvel. You know, Ms. Marvel... Not a well-known character, but a character they're trying to get to be more well-known. Even Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, here's my question to you, Daniel. Which did you like better? You have you have Karnak and you have Agents of Atlas. Which one did you like better? Because we'll uh, save that Agents one for the Atlas. end. Okay, well, let's do Karnak right now then. Well, Karnak's breezy and easy here. Uh, Karnak, number one by Warren Ellis with... Um, an artist with a complicated name. Um, <laughs> the story is uh, the plan and the flaw in all things, part one. And basically, Karnak has come back from the death, is revealed somewhere else. He's now a inhuman priest under under the word magister, um, and he has been called in by Shield, specifically by Agent Coulson, to help a family whose recently transformed human son has well been kidnapped and. There's some legalities in it, and you know you can't follow human law uh, because he may have to go some places where he's going to have to violate some treaties. But he's an inhuman, so Karnak's in question, and uh, Karnak's willing to do this for a fee and in order to taunt the family members and to just really be a jerk. Okay, and that's kind of where the story is. There's some action that is, beats in there, um, but again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to go out and grab Karnak number one. Yeah, and and this is something I, I picked it up. I read through it in the store. I, well, I, 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 you, I, you probably it, could it read just it didn't eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't read the whole thing. I I, I read the Coulson stuff. I was like, oh, that's great. And, and there were some good Coulson lines, but Coulson was just there to kind of set up, quote unquote, the mission. I didn't feel like it was really a Coulson story. If, if anything, Coulson's in. bringing Karnak back into the Marvel comics because Karnak's been dead. Um, so he's bringing him back. He's being kind of a Coulson is us. So we are introducing him back to the Marvel comics. Um, and it is it's good, decent Coulson stuff. There's more members of our, our bus team in Karnak number one than there is in Shield number 11 because we do get Simmons in there, too. We get some nice, uh, nice play back and forth. Uh, Karnak's a jerk. Just gonna say <laughs> that he's a big jerk. Um, and I will not be buying number two. I will be checking out the trade from the library. Which is the question we ask about uh, these comics: Is do you would you recommend buying now, buying later, borrowing, or leaving it alone? I, I think it's obvious for. Uh, for the uh, shield number 11 
I would say buy later if you're planning to buy the trade because it's just going to be in there, but that's an accident. Borrow if you're going to borrow the trade because it's going to be in there and it's an accident. And never give it to somebody who's their first comic. You do not need to go after that. For Karnak, I just wasn't interested. So for me, that one is leave it on the shelf. I'm not interested. Hey, why don't I go ahead and grab Agents of Atlas number 11? Because we probably – let's give some – some prominence to our other shield book, especially right, with right, it being right. its number one. Uh, Agents of Atlas. One Agents? shot. It's a Secret Wars tie in. Yeah. Now, now, Agents of Atlas does have a history in, in Marvel Comics. There was an actually an outstanding series by Jeff Parker, Agents of Atlas, that set up this team led by Jimmy Wu. And really, this one shot follows on a lot of the precedents that that miniseries set up with the team as the exact same members, for example. Um, to be honest, the the personifications of these these agents of Atlas are really the same as where Parker left them. Um, but the thing is, is this isn't written by Parker. It's written by Tom Taylor, whether it by Steve Pugh. And it is a Secret Wars tie-in. Um, what we're left in with is there's a area of battle world that's metropola and it's been put under the control of baron zemo which is which is a good fit because you know each one of these areas on battle world are under a baron so it makes sense that baron zemo would get one um and metropola is the weapons manufacturing area metropolisia yeah well i never promised to pronounce right ben it's true it's true um it's the weapons building area for all of Battle World, and it's run as a fascist state, but underneath Baron Zemo. Part of that, which which allows us to know that this is not the same barony as Hail Hydra, is Shield is here and has a strong presence, but it is part of the state. Um, it is part of what's enslaving people, and, and Zemo is a harsh baron. If you aren't making your productivity quotas, you're going to go to his labs and be experimented on. And the only group that's going to be out there to help you is the agents of Atlas, um, who are an unknown, unseen force that liberate uh, folks that are being sent to the labs and then drop them in other baronries where they'll be safe. Uh, By the way, they're very, very careful to not kill Baron Zemo. Because if they do, they'll bring somebody into to Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Yeah, Dr. Doom, the god of Battle World, will send someone else who could be worse. Um, but there's a problem. And um, Agent Coulson calls in. <laughs> Agent Coulson. Director Coulson. Director, yeah. Director Coulson. And this is a moment. I feel bad. I just spoiled it for all of you if you haven't read it. I about fell over and I sent Ben a message. Because I did not expect to see Coulson in Agents of Atlas. Now it's page three. Yeah, but the reason we brought in um, we brought in this comic in is because of the ties to Shield, not because of the ties to Coulson. Where with Karnak, we brought him in because of the ties to Coulson. Um, so there he was, yeah. and, and he's part of the state machine, and it it really threw me for a loop because this is not my Coulson. Um, At the same time, it kind of he's is. our Coulson. Yeah. Uh, Agents of Atlas. We have who's on there? We have uh, Jimmy Wu, who's our traditional Shield agent. Gorilla Man, who is a 
again, an old timey Atlas uh, creation. He's he's a man who has been transformed into a gorilla, and um, he's got gorilla strength with a man's mind. And in At- Jeff Parker made him funny, which I loved. Uh, he almost kind of a rocket raccoon with edge. If if you could give Rocket Raccoon more edge, um, and part of his power is if you were to kill him, you will then yourself become Gorilla Man. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. Well, no, I they've established in the comics that's how he became Gorilla Man. Okay. Is he killed the Gorilla Man before him because he was a big game hunter? Uh, Venus. Venus. Who? Um, there's some debate on whether or not she's a god or something else. Now, if you've read Agents of Atlas, you actually know what she is, but she has the power to control men's minds. She wins you over and makes you love her. Then there's Marvel Boy. Marvel Boy, who's kind of, he's, he's not Miss Marvel. Uh, but he's a, he's a cosmic character, though. He's a cosmic character. He's got, um, especially when you look at Parker's Agents of Atlas, he's got a really, really crazy history. Because, um, you know, uh, Thanos is the Mad Titan. And and I think that if I remember right, Marvel Boys actually also from Jupiter, okay, <laughs> the Jupiter area, or not? Because um, I can't remember exactly how Parker left that, but he's got a really convoluted um, Marvel history that makes him even more fun and weird and strange. And and here in this one shot, there's just not enough time to deal with the strangeness of Marvel Boy. But but one of his big things is he can control uh, your mind. In your perceptions. And he has a flying saucer. And then there's the robot. Yeah, good old M11 doesn't say anything. He's just a robot. And I'm just going to put and, it out right now. And you now. forgot one. Oh, I did? Yeah, Namora. Oh, yeah, Namora, who is Submariner's sister. I might be a cousin. Cousin? He's related. They're, they're related. Yep. She has the wings on her feet, which she allows does. her to swim really well. And again, she's go- she goes back to those early days of Namor. Yeah, and these are all characters who have ties to early Marvel history when they're called Marvel's Agents of Atlas because Marvel used to be called Atlas. Uh, that was the publishing company that Mar- Marvel came away from and came out of. The, the real irony is there's actually a what if that is what gave the inspiration for the idea of Agents of Atlas. And it was like, what would happen if there was Avengers in the 50s? And it was the Agents of Atlas. Well, I haven't read the series, Agents of Atlas. I know about Marvel Boy because there was a three-issue miniseries that I had. I know about Nimora because of Submariner. Uh, I know about Jimmy Woo because of Godzilla, the comic book that Marvel did. But if you take this as a one-shot, Daniel, and don't know about the history of this team, I found this to be an intriguing read, a nice done in one alternate universe where I have some characters that I recognize, but I don't need to have their full history. I was able to read this without knowing hardly anything about these characters and still get the emotional beats, still get the feeling of the team. And I mean, there's a mission that they're going to go on and they bring in Coulson for a reason. They're talking to him for a reason. And, it's all this this mission though that they have to go and and it's there's twists there's turns when you said it's that fun. You, James Bond oh, smiles yeah. it's a lot of fun when you said that your jaw dropped was that because of 
Coulson's reveal at the on page three? Because Coulson's reveal and what he was doing. Okay. Because there were a handful of moments where I was not expecting it to go where it went. And it was really neat. And like I said, it's done in one. There is a resolution to the story. There is an emotional, a handful of emotional moments and twists and turns that, and some of the twists that I might not have seen coming, I didn't see coming because I didn't know the characters. But that is my impression as someone who is coming to this without knowing much about them. Really, I really, really enjoyed this. It, it hit my sweet spot, and I would recommend buy it. It almost makes a case for why we need more out-of-continuity comics. Now, Parker's series is in continuity, but if you could just give an author like Parker, or even in this case Taylor, who does an excellent job, the Agents of Atlas, and just say, run wild. The things that they could do with a team like this would be so just fun and intriguing and interesting. Yeah, it's a good team and there's good team dynamics and good team visuals. Uh, you know, you have a gorilla standing next to a goddess, standing next to a spaceman, standing next to an uh, an underwater heroine, standing next to Gort from The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's I really really enjoyed this and is I was so glad though when I bought it that it was a one shot. And then I read it and I'm like, okay, I like it because there's a resolution to the story, but I would like to see more. Yeah, I really do recommend the the Parker miniseries, Ben, if you can get your hands on it. It is it's in trade. It's very, very good. All right. We're good. I, because I just don't want to steal your thunder, I want mm-hmm. to throw out one more thing. You don't have it. I don't, and I haven't seen it, and this is the one MCU bit of comic book comic stuff that I have not, I don't have. So this is Iron Man, Marvel Cinematic Guidebook. Um, and basically what Marvel's doing is they're putting out a few of these now because I know that I've got a, I think I have a Thor and a Hulk one pre-ordered. And they're kind of like, if you're familiar with DC, um, their Who's Who title, it's kind of along that lines. Um, I can't remember the Marvel version off the top of my head. The official handbook to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it's the same like sort that. of idea where it's it's not a story. It's, it's just information. It's a comic book-sized magazine about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with small articles about things. So you can find out about the robots in Tony's garage. You can find out about this Phil Coulson guy who appeared in Iron Man and had his origin there. Um, you can find out about, you know, who's Pepper Potts. Get a, get, get behind the scenes and figure out who she is. So that's really what it is. It's just a very quick informational but comic-sized guidebook. Yeah, but you'll need to get your hands on Ben because I'm sure there's information in it that at some point you'll want. And I'm probably going to end up waiting, though, until the trade because I'm sure they'll collect them. But won't you feel like you're cheating? No. Oh, okay. Well, good for you then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about the thing you've probably been waiting for for months. I have been waiting for this issue. Uh Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., issue number one. I 
yeah, it's it's a team book, another team story. It's a done in one story. I don't feel like they're setting up a lot of what the if there is going to be any kind of continuing antagonist. I, I don't know if it's, it's being set up here or not, but basically you have Dum Dum Dugan, who is a uh, LMD and a life model decoy. And every time he dies, he gets downloaded into a new body, a new LMD. And basically, he can continue doing this until they run out. They're not going to run out anytime soon. In fact, I get the impression that there's another cachet of of his body <laughs> somewhere else. He thinks that there's only this many and there's probably more. But he's able to go on missions. He's, uh, he's their leader. He's got his bowler cap on. And the team is a team of monsters. And it includes basically a, a creature from the Black Lagoon type of, of creature. There's a couple werewolves. One of them is a woman. One of them is a man. Um, there is the, is it the Hulkling, I think? No, it's not. It's um, Teen Abomination. Teen, teen Abomination. Uh, and let's see who's the other one that I'm missing. Oh, Zombie Sitwell. <laughs> Yes, Jasper Sitwell is a main character in this, but it's zombie him. And he's on the mission, and he's actually given a weapon. And then there's one more, and that's Man-Thing, and who is put on the, the boat as, as kind of their, their final final weapon against what's happening. Now, the boat that they're going to, that this mission is on, basically it's plant zombies, uh, people on the boat have been turned into plant zombies, and so they send in Dum Dum Dugan and his team. Oh, I forgot. There's also the the monkey, and I don't know a lot of the characters real well. I mean, they are all new characters to me, and some of them, like Manphibian, the creature from the Black Lagoon type guy, I think that he's actually from like a single issue of Fantastic Four somewhere along the line. Well, and, and like Hip Monkey. He had a nice little run in Deadpool. Well, he's a, I believe he's that. a monkey assassin. Yeah. He's the best you can get I would believe out of the that. monkey world. And then there's also uh, Orgo, who is a, a character from old sci-fi monster Marvel stuff. Really, it, it all comes down to calling Marvel history, finding interesting characters who are, you know, would fit into this kind of supernatural or monstrous uh uh, team and then send, they they've got them in cells i mean they they live in tiny jail cells and then it's like the flash they're released to go after uh, a mission like this yeah. uh, it's the pipeline from the flash i will say that i do have a problem with that in the sense that team abomination is part of this team uh ben i'm guessing you don't know a lot about team abomination i don't because he's relatively new uh, Superior Iron Man where he is really where he debuted. And where I have the issue is Teen Abomination is really a teenager. He's a teenage boy. Um, and if any, you know, the Inhumans may not need a cure. But Teen Abomination does. And in, in other places like Superior Iron Man, I've seen him try to work through his issues. He... Uh, how spoilery do you want me to get on his origins, Ben? I don't want. I don't want spoilers. I mean, I, this is well, something I, I want I, to read and discover. And 
Well, in in Superior Iron Man, you will discover who Teen Abomination's father is, and you will discover that he actually has a stepmother. And that person is someone that I have a hard time believing would let him get put into a cell for S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that's where he is. I think she'd come to his rescue. Well, that's where he is. Um, yeah, but what what it comes down to is this is it's it's a darker but funny. It's it's, it's dark comedy kind of stuff going on. It's they the book or the, the boat that they're on is called the Cheney, uh, referencing Lon Cheney, who is famous for old monster movies. Uh, there at the beginning, the first mate is named Scully and the captain is named Anderson. And if you know anything about the X-Files, Gillian Anderson played Scully on the X-Files. I mean, so there's little things like that. And then there's goofy things like what happens when you give a zombie, a bazooka and take him into battle. There's magic. Uh, Yeah. And, And then there's, you know, when they brought, I, I, I didn't think they were going to bring in man thing and they bring him in at the end as part of the climax. And the twist there is just, it, it's a nice twist as far as it reminds me of Coulson, you know, Coulson knows everybody's powers. He studies their powers. So he knows what they're good for. And so when they bring in man thing, there's a purpose for it and nope. it makes sense. So overall, Dugan's no moron. No, he's no dum dum. He may be named Dum Dum, but he I is. I will no say dumb-dumb. this: I was waiting for someone to put in the line. Somebody really wanted our name to spell steak, because <laughs> <laughs> they are the special threat assessment of known extra normalities. Yeah, steak and and steak is a division of Shield. And overall, though, I enjoyed this. Uh, I would say it's a buy, you know. But you'd have to like these kind of characters, you know, the, the vampire by night and. Um, well, Ben, mm-hmm. I don't generally like horror characters or monsters. Would you agree? I would agree. Yes. But you know what I do like? I do not. Dum Dum Dugan and zombies with bazookas. So I agree with you. And I, I don't even like monsters. <laughs> but I do like zombies with bazookas. Well, and as long as they keep up with good stories. And, and this one... The story is decent enough, but the threat that they're going after is not the reason for the story. Uh, the The threat that they're going after and then how they resolve that is actually tied into other things that, that characters need to know and find out. And it's a good introduction. A better introduction was that issue of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we talked about that actually had a kind of a issue zero, I guess, of, of Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I feel like that that was a better issue number one, to be honest. But this is not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. And I'll be definitely buying these as they come out, just because, well, people know I, I, I like that character known as the Man-Thing. And the fact that we have Jasper Sitwell as a zombie and Dum Dum Dugan icing on the cake. And Hit Monkey is the cherry on top. Not for me, because I never heard of him, and now that I know that he's a Deadpool character. 
Wait, wait. Does it make you feel better if I told you he tried to kill Deadpool? It makes me feel a lot better. But he tried a- to kill Deadpool a lot. <laughs> well, it sounds like if I ever have to go back and read Deadpool, I can look forward to Hit Monkey. But I'm just still dealing with the fact that I have to go and see the movie. So I don't see myself reading. Unless you died, Daniel. I have made this promise that if you die, I will read all of Deadpool that is available in collected trades. Well, someday I will die. And by that time, I'll be too old to remember what I said this. You'll be a senile old man. I will. I'm, with I'm no pretty eyesight. beautiful and in fine health. So, that's, by the way, came out of a conversation that we had where you said you almost died because you were reading a comic book. And that's where I, I made that promise. But, yeah. Because I don't want you to, man. But in your honor, I would do that to remember you. I thank you for that. That's more caring than the former boss that was constantly asking me what we would do if I got hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. I've changed that scenario, though. What if you win the lottery because I'm more caring? It's a better scenario. All right. So four books and three of the four you liked? No, I'd say two of the four I liked a lot. One I found to be okay. And one. And then there was Shield number 11. <laughs> art by Howard Shaken. So uh, Agents of Atlas and Howling Commandos of Shield were really fun reads for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad, and I like, I, I like reading comics that I really enjoy, and these two comics I really enjoyed. There you go. So, any anything else to say here about, about our comics? I got nothing. Well, all I have to say, Daniel, is I know we talked about potentiality of you ending up deceased. And sometimes when you think about your mortality, Daniel, you feel a little bit of anticipation, no, anxiety. That's the word I'm looking for, anxiety. What's a better word? Scared. But don't be scared, Daniel. Because whatever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, Welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. 
So Daniel, you know I'm holding a Howard Chaykin comic in my my hands right Ugh. now. Which one is it? Well, I they've re-released all the Star Wars movies as kind of like special edition comic where they take the Marvel comics and recolored them and put them into hardcover editions. And so here that is. I have the hardcover Star Wars A New Hope Episode 4 with art by Howard Chaykin. Yeah. And it starts say. out pretty decent, and it goes downhill yeah. fairly quickly. Yeah, I gotta walk across the room for a minute. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Because you keep telling me, you know, not everybody looks the same. So I'm now holding my Star Wars on. I'm not house. arguing. Uh, you see what you see, but I don't see it. See. Here's the thing. In, in Star you got to give me credit. I went through that whole shaking argument without even cursing. You know, because on Facebook I do. No, they don't Here's look the same. Here's my real question. They don't look the same. They don't look the same in here. Mm -hmm. And I really wonder if it's the influence of the inker. Or the influence of photo reference. Or But, but I know Shaken uses photo reference now. He's claimed to use his photo reference for things like, and I mean, like Phil Coulson. I mean, he's got a moving photo reference for him. He did sakes. not use it in Shield. He did not use it at all. I, I can't. Mean, I, I can't see him using it anyway. No, because he didn't look right. But I mean, here, I mean, his. It's an acceptable. I mean, I'm looking here at a great Obi Wan, a great Obi Wan. You know, it's just. And I really wonder, I used to have an Obi-Wan poster over my bed. I wonder if it was shaken. And, and I can see parts of shaken in here. But I really do wonder, is it, and you know better than me, is it the inker? Is it Leola coming in here and cleaning it up? Early, in, in the early comic, probably first issue, maybe second um, as well, it's almost all shaken. But then he he ended up doing just these loose scribbles that the inkers had to figure out what it even meant. And yeah. So, and, and part of my reason that I'm, I get grumpy about him is I have heard him do an interview and, you know, and star Wars is something that's, you know, that I hold dear in these comics. I mean, as we've talked about before, the star Wars comics was shaken's art, literally the first comic I ever owned. And, so again, I hold it dear, and then I hear him in interviews, basically, you know, saying things like it was for the money. Yeah, well, he he definitely said that, and yeah, and, and you know, he you know he wasn't into it, he didn't dig it, it it wasn't important to him. He wanted to go do something that was interesting, and you know what? The comics were a huge deal for me because of the fact that. I didn't have a VCR. They didn't exist. Yep. I had comic books and that's how I could relive star Wars. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it came down to is the star Wars and the, the brilliance of the star Wars uh, comic is, is it kept star Wars in front of the intended audience's eyes at that time, which was us mm -hmm. <laughs> We would go into, even if we weren't buying them, we'd go into the stores and we'd look at the comics and see there's Star Wars. Oh, there's Star Wars. But, yeah. 
you can find out more about this kind of stuff by going to comicbooktimemachine.com where we have a lot of conversations about Star Wars comics. And yeah. And I never talk about Howard Chaykin. <laughs> yeah. You spend yeah, a lot of time thinking, thinking about me. Yeah. You spend a lot of time talking about him. Uh, I, I feel bad almost when I found out that this was the issue, who who the artist was. I, I you, felt bad. You actually taunted me a little bit. A little bit, but I felt bad doing it. No, you didn't. No, it's I didn't. all good. I didn't at all. <laughs>